0: Please pray with me. Gracious God, open our hearts to the power of your loving word. Amen. Please be seated. This morning we hear some very vibrant texts that we don't usually hear on a Sunday morning. That first lesson is from the Song of Songs. <clears throat> and there are, well, it's very vibrant language. I will leave it at that. But the Song of Songs and the Psalm today, too, they're texts that celebrate our embodied life. They're texts that speak of beauty and pleasure and joy that we experience in and through our bodies. And then we have these lessons connected to the story of this miracle that happens at this wedding banquet in Cana of Galilee. So clearly, relationship or marriage is a theme to address this morning, and I want to just honor something that Wilda Gaffney has written. She's the author of the lectionary that we are following, and in her notes, she states that marriage is socially constructed in and out of the Bible. Bible includes stories of abduction and rape marriages, polygamous marriages, and hierarchical, domineering marriages. They're all biblical, but few would call them epiphanies of God's love. So I want to hold that, and just the fullness of understanding the contexts and the the societal worlds in which our scriptures are written also to take this story this morning of this, the setting of the wedding in Cana of Galilee and see what else is going on in between the lines of this story. I offer um, gratitude to the writer Debbie Thomas. She's helped me frame how to approach this understanding of the story in John's Gospel. Back in the day, a wedding like this, the feast, would have lasted for days, and it would have been really important that the host provide appropriate hospitality. So the fact that the wine has already run out is not a good thing. It's not like you could run to the corner store and pick up some more. Like They are in trouble. And we hear a lot in this text. If you notice, we hear from the servants. We hear the conversation between Mary and Jesus. We hear made mention of the steward and the bridegroom. We don't really actually know anything about the the people getting married. But the servants, like, they were on the hook. They were probably going to get in a lot of trouble because the wine had run out, whether it was their fault or not. When you think of the perspective of sort of those that are in the the lowest strata of the story. In the context of the honor-shame society in which these biblical stories emerged, this wasn't just a little embarrassment. This was a huge dose of shame that was going to fall upon this family and this household. And then here we have the mother of Jesus text tells us that she is there, that Jesus, some of his disciples were there, it's Mary who notices what's gone wrong. It's Mary who sees that something is not working out the right way. And then it's Mary who realizes that she knows who to tell. It's Mary who goes to her son, Jesus, and says, they've run out of wine. They have this back and forth, this banter, and I know when I usually hear the text where it's like, woman, what is that to me? My time has not yet come. I'm like, what's he doing calling his mother woman? (laughs) (laughs) Contextually speaking though, it it did not sound the same as it sounds to my ears in 2023. It was far more respectful, and it invites that there was a a playful banter that they had going on. But what we also know Um, this is the first time Jesus is sort of publicly declared as somebody different. In the, in the first chapter of John's gospel, there's a, a back and forth that John the Baptist and Jesus have. But John's gospel is, in, is unique in that Jesus is not actually baptized by John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have these baptismal accounts where Jesus is baptized and there's a a voice from the heavens. You hear the the Spirit descending, and there is this like public declaration of the beginning of things for Jesus' ministry. The way John tells the story, there are baptisms that happen, and John the Baptist identifies Jesus as somebody different, but Jesus is not actually baptized, and so he misses out in John's gospel on that voice from the heavens. So in some ways, John's gospel might be using Mary, Mary's voice, as that parental voice of, you are somebody different. Go and help. So Mary notices what's wrong, And then Mary tells the right person, there is no wine. Jesus pushes back a little bit, playfully, and Mary persists. And she says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. So she's also cultivated this space of trust and obedience. She's she's set the stage. She knows her son. And she knows that he is going to come through and do something to save the day, even though he's pushing back a little bit. And she invites the servants to trust him. Now, I can only imagine being in the place of a servant and being asked to go fill this huge, several of these huge stone jars with water and then ladle some water out and go offer it to the steward. Like, you just you knew that you put water in it and then you're taking some water out to go give to somebody. I'm sure that they were like I don't want to be the one that has to go reveal that all we have is water left. And yet here's where the turn is. Here is where the surprise is. Here is where Jesus defies the expectations in the story. Because when the steward is presented with this water, it is wine and not just wine but really good wine. The steward then says to the bridegroom, wow, you know, most people, they serve the good stuff first, and then when people aren't paying attention so much to how things taste anymore, that's when they bring the cheaper stuff out. But you have saved the best for last. That's how Jesus works. He turns the ordinary into something extraordinary. So this story where we, we set the stage where there is there's lack, there is there's something that is missing, Jesus comes in and provides and provides beyond expectation. This is a story about scarcity becoming abundance. In the Bible, Marriage metaphor is often lifted up to describe the relationship in the hebrew scriptures of god and the people of israel In the new testament, we hear this comparison this imagery used to describe the relationship of christ and the church and the people of the body of christ So We are definitely being invited into relationship into like a deep sacramental connection It is in this context, in this setting, that Jesus is identified as somebody different. As somebody who is to be followed. Mary also, when she tells the servants, go and do whatever he tells you to do, she's also speaking directly down the years to each one of us. She, at the beginning of the story of Jesus' ministry, is saying to each one of us, follow him. Do what he invites you to do. This weekend, Reverend Chris and I and members of the vestry gathered at Bishop's Ranch to be on retreat. We had our annual meeting last weekend, and our new vestry class was elected, and so we spend time in retreat. Praying together and reflecting on scripture and reflecting on the world. And then building our vision for how we will function as a church in this next year. For how we will go about being disciples, being people. Struck in the morning as we were reflecting on what we say in our vision and our mission and our core values. The conversation that emerged was like, Well, we are who we are, and we are we are different because we do everything or we strive to do everything through love. In love. That is the work of St. John's Church. All that we approach, we approach love. Sometimes we think we should do things differently, sometimes we feel differently about things, and that's okay, right? There's room for that in the body of Christ. But what connects us all is moving through the lens of love. Mary and Jesus clearly had a loving relationship. They knew each other really well. And Mary... Like, invites Jesus and draws him in to his work, to his ministry. And Jesus does what Mary says. And Mary invites all of us to do what Jesus says. My invitation for us in this week, in this year ahead, is that we would hold that idea Cultivate a sense of trust that God will provide, that God will show up, and that God will transform the ordinary into the extraordinary.